I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Here's the fangirls on Jackalope Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this special episode of Fangirl Radio. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me tonight are the lovely Amanda and Rin. Hello. Hi. Tonight's episode's a, a very special one. We have a great interview with the amazing Killian Murphy, who has been in um, some of the best films of the last few years actually um between 28 days later the batman trilogy which is ending in what uh in next month i think it's the mm-hmm. last one and i believe he may be in it um reprising his role as dr jonathan gray aka the scarecrow um but killian is also in a new film that's going to be hitting theaters stateside next month actually on july 13th um called red lights and it's a wonderful movie directed and written by Rodrigo Cortez, starring Killian, Sigourney Weaver, Robert De Niro, and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, great cast, great story, especially for all you Jackalope radio listeners out there who love the paranormal and the supernatural. Um, it's, it's a very well-balanced film in terms of that. It's quite the thriller, and you don't really know what's going to happen um, throughout. You, you don't really know. It keeps you on your toes. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I got to see a, a sneak of it um, before the interview, and I really, really enjoyed the film. So we will be having Killian Murphy on as our guest uh, later on in the episode. And uh, we're definitely going to talk a little bit about Killian's career as well as the movie. Um, but first, as always, we must have the Da-da-da. week. The week in Geek! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as always, we're going to start off with our um, our TV show of the Week in Geek, which is currently True Blood, and that means Amanda, you are you are with me on this one. I sure am. And um, I have to say, this episode was fifty um, fifty in my eyes. I I can already tell you that once again, I'm going to have a hard time not getting sick of Tara. Exactly. I already am tired of it. Mm-hmm. Are, are you tired of it? Well, I mean, come on. Like she's, she's already she was a whiny little thing in in uh, in while she was alive, and now she's going to be a whiny little thing when she's dead. I was hoping yeah. she'd like grow a pair. You know what I mean? No, no, we don't get we don't get Tara doesn't grow a pair other than fangs. It's just I don't. <laughs> I just well done. Well hey, done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she just is a whiny miserable hag and i'm really tired of it i can't stand it already and 
Um, the, the whole Terry storyline, too. I just don't know why. You know, why can't it just be the Bill and Eric show? <laughs> That's not very fair, is it? Well, Bill and Eric and Pam and Lafayette all open a bar in Vegas and we'll call it True Vegas. It'll, and, be, and like, they, it'll be like a Buffy what? spinoff with, with yes. Angel. <laughs> You'd have to do like a like a CSI spinoff and call it True Blood and then a colon and then Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with this. Well, and I, it's not being unfair to to Jessica and 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 um, Steve Newland. I I really enjoyed their scenes together because just Steve Newland is awesome in this. I love how just flaming gay they've made him now. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Stuff. It's good stuff. I would almost be tempted to have him hook up with Lafayette. I think that would be hilarious. Oh my gosh, I don't know. That's like weird. Oh, it would be weird, but it would be awesome oh, that too. That would be you know, weird. Lafayette would be like, "Hooker, you know this? The sweaters? Mm-mm. Unless your name is Cosby, that ain't the way to go." You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know that would be how that would go down. Oh, I I don't know. I, it's just as long as Tara is not involved. I, I have to say though, Eric Northman has to always wear a top hat, even if he's completely oh, naked. Gosh, yes. Please, just wear a top hat. Yeah. Let's take a moment. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, was, that was a hot flashback, and there wasn't even really any sex involved. But we did find out the first, we did get to see the first meeting of Pam and Eric, which was great. And um, we get to find out that Pam was a, I think that, now, now I can't remember, I think in the, in the books, I think he was a school teacher or something. I, I almost Weird. want to say a school teacher, but I could be getting that, conf- yes, I'm getting that confused with Anita Blake. Um, Pam, I don't think we really got, man, it's been a while since I've read the books. I don't remember what her backstory was, but I like how they've made her a madam. Um, or at least a working girl, a high up working girl. It suits her. It suits her very well, and he's that gives her that very tough as nails quality to her. Also, kind of explains her proclivities of not being really interested in men. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I liked the meeting, and I liked Eric's reaction to her, which was, you know, you're feisty. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That was, and that little, anything that can get Eric to do the little smile of doom that. <laughs> the smile of doom. A smile of doom. So what was your thoughts, Amanda? What, what did you like and what did you, oh, by the way, Christopher Maloney. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would have to say that um, as far as the previews, I know better than to go off of previews because it always disappoints me. I thought it would be action-packed, and Tara was just going to get, you know, all roar and everything, and she wasn't going to be so whiny, and I thought there was going to be a lot more action going on. So I have to say I'm kind of disappointed in that. I mean, a lot unfolded story-wise, but with the whole Terry thing, I'm not interested. I'm really not. Arlene's just annoying. Yeah, they're like those little people that I can't say it because it would be offensive. Let Let me try to, you know those people that are kind of dumb? (laughs) <laughs> mostly meth people mostly meth people <laughs> that's what she reminds me of she's like 
like that, you know, just kind of dumb. And I just don't like the whole dumb thing. I liked them when they were when they were regular and normal, and there wasn't they've, any. Yeah, they've they've kind of dumbed her down a little bit more, even than when she was originally in the show. Yeah, it, it seems like they've. And, and like I said before about Jessica, they're still making her way whorish. Yeah, I, I was and, about to get to that. Actually, no, go for it. She is just, I'm sorry, but I don't like her character at all. Like, on a scale of one to ten, it's like a negative whole lot, okay? Because she <laughs> is like such a whore. Like, her, she's got too much makeup on, she's too bitchy. I don't like her personality, I just don't like her anymore. I used to really like her a lot, but. You know, I'm whining right now because they changed Jessica so much. I just don't well, like her. I, yeah, I liked her when she was kind of just coming into, you know, she was still innocent. She and was chaotic, they, too. Unpredictable. Yeah, she, she wasn't a whore. I, she wasn't a whore. She wasn't, you know, just having parties all the time. Now, I, I admit, you know, when you break free of, of the constraints that she had on her for most of her entire life that I can understand kind of going a little crazy, but they, I, I, but then there's the whole fallback of, well, it's been 12 months that you didn't see what was going on. That doesn't matter, you know, because of the whole um, Sookie being gone for a year that they did. And I, I, that still doesn't, change the fact that we didn't get that time with Jessica and for her to do this complete 180 that they've done with her character including the whole um, you know the whole other stuff that she had going on before with the virginity for eternity kind of deal I just don't I don't like how they've changed her as much as they have and that's why I'm leaning towards Pam is like my favorite character in the uh, out of the women on the show she's great I agree. She hasn't changed. You know, that's part of it. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen between her and Eric because I don't want Pam to, like, wander off into oblivion, you know. I, I, right, want, I want them to stay together and all that. I don't like her sad. It well, I kind of like... <laughs> I don't like her being sad. I, I like the... I like that they're giving her character more depth and I like that they're making her... It's a neat concept with her and Eric because you don't know if it's, you know that she's, she digs chicks, but at the same time, she loves him. Mm-hmm. And, and there's that, that great relationship there. And out of the whole uh, child and, and parent thing that they, they have going on, you know, Eric and, and Pam have a better relationship and it's a it's a, a far more deeper connection than Bill and Jessica so because they've been together longer and I think it's just a you know they weren't I think you're going to find out that it wasn't forced I think he's either going to save her by making her a vampire or she's going to ask to be made one hmm. and um, I think that's how that's going to go down it's one of the two ways because they're you know, I, I want to know what happened to the girl at the brothel. I want to know if that was... I couldn't quite tell if it was vampire bites or if that guy that was attacking her was the one that stabbed her. I think it was the guy that was attacking her was the stabby guy that killed the but girl. He's, well, and she, but she'd said something like, you know, that's enough or, some, or something to the effect that made me think that wasn't the... F- there mm-hmm. were multiple 
times that this happened and yeah. people involved. But I, I, I want to focus on that. I, I really, God, I don't want them to waste any more time on Tara, but I know they're going to. I can only hope when they bring Pam into that equation, trying to like parent her through, and when Russell shows up, that it it gets you know focus on them more because I, I just it's not it's not the actor it's not Rutina's fault either the actress that plays Tara it's the writer how they it's the writers mm-hmm. it's how they write her mm-hmm. she's not likable not at all. So I that's that's just how I I see it. That's my take on it. So, um, do and you I, have anything else with that, Amanda? The last thing that I want to talk about is is uh, Jason and Jessica, and how I really really hope they do not end up together. I mean, <sighs> even though I think that it would calm her down or whatever, I just don't like her so much now that I don't want anything good to happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? She doesn't deserve to have the town whore. Well, I guess she is the town whore. Wait, why don't we sorry. have her and Tara go get together? That there you go. That that'll Ooh. solve that. Yeah, Tara's into chicks now. Yeah, suddenly she's into chicks. Yeah, I I, I don't know. But that's all for her, me. Yeah, it's. I think that's all I've got on that episode too. Um, except for Christopher Maloney. Oh my God, he makes it. <laughs> Great, author- oh God, he could authoritate me. Um, yes, that's what I said. No, um, that yes, the 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 authority stuff. I love that whole Lord and Lilith thing too. It makes you wonder yeah. if they're in that room. And uh, yeah, and I keep I love protective Eric. Protective Eric is always nice to see. Happen. We didn't get to see Eric, but we got to see the emotional side of Eric this last time, and that's pretty good. And we got to see the little smile of doom. Oh, mm-hmm. Smile of doom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, we got and we got to see the top hat. Mm. Yep. Yes. That's Eric needs to wear more stuff like that, and uh, or nothing at all. I really <laughs> like his Viking garb too, though. Oh yeah, he makes. Remember that? Oh, God, he is a Viking. I he mean, is. come like, on, he totally is. Yeah. So. <laughs> Eric wearing anything is acceptable to me, really <laughs> and is. nothing at all is also acceptable. They should like get rid of Twilight posters at Walmart and sell Eric Northman posters. I have one hanging on my wall as I speak right now. The Look world at it. would be a better place. Can you feel uh, my jealousy bouncing off my sky? <laughs> uh, it's the it's that one from I think it's season two or three where he's got the little bit of blood on his mouth and oh everything else is black and white, and he's just staring. Oh. At me, yeah. <laughs> I love you're a post- bad girl, Jessica. Mm, no, I'm girl. not. Not. What? No, Jessica's, I'm gonna. Jessica's the ideal to which we all aspire. Are you kidding? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just know what I like. And if you don't like, if you don't like Alexander Skarsgård, there's something wrong with you. Very, very wrong. Like you need shock you- therapy for that. You need your eyes checked or something. You're not, yeah. There's something not right if you don't Some think that's a fine. Yeah, your veins. Oh, God. Yeah, repeatedly over and over again for mm-hmm. no reason at all. If you don't like and, Eric. And I know that guy, um, I, could, I couldn't think of who it was. He, the, the guy that was torturing Bill. I've seen him in a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah, I too. And, 
And we were completely off. We thought it was Tony Todd in that show, and it's not. That guy is cloned from his DNA, though. Oh my god! I've seen that guy in a lot of movies before, and thought it was him, but it wasn't. After you know inspection, and the accent kind of you know gave it away that it wasn't him. Right, but boy, (laughs) howdy, he could be his kid if he's not. Um, but we'll, we'll, we're going to research on who these guys are because I know these two actors. Uh, I know for sure I've seen the, the guy that's um, torturing Bill uh, in that episode. I know I know him from something else. So we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll uh, post that on the wall on, uh, on Fangirl Magazine, fangirlmag.com for sure. But um, as we go on, Ren, you said you had a Weekend Geek entry? Well, um it's going to sound hilariously juvenile compared to the um, lustiness of what we've just been discussing. Um, <laughs> well, wait until we have you talk about Killian and then I'm uh-huh. sure we'll come back to the lustiness again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Concentrate. Take a moment. Um, Take a moment. Compose. <laughs> Um, I was just going to share what I've been watching because um, it's nearly over and it'd be good to get you know a few more people on the bandwagon. Um, I, many may be aware, just because he's pretty huge on YouTube, of the channel that belongs to Freddie W. Um, Freddie W. is pretty uh, great, I have to say. Um, he just does videos with his friends that are phenomenal. For amateur level stuff, they are talented dudes. Um, and they specialize in special effects. And so they do the same kind of, you know, video game related shorts that, you know, a gajillion other people do on YouTube. But theirs kick everybody else's asses because they're not only funny and clever, but the effects are magnificent. Um, and they're just, there's just these two guys. Um, anyway, actually, there's way more than two. But there's, there's him and his friend, Freddie and his friend, whose name I can't remember. Sorry, Fred. Um, so anyway, they, they've been getting progressively bigger and bigger and more and bigger names have been kind of taking notice because they focus on video game stuff. Uh, Some of the video game, um, producers out there are getting them to, I think one of them got them to make a commercial for them. So it's getting to be big league stuff and they got together the budget to make a feature length film, which they've been actually posting in episode form. Uh, weekly on YouTube on the Freddy W channel and they're up to episode 6 of 9 and episode 6 aired this week and you can see them a week in advance on their own website rocketjump.com and the the movie is called Video Game High School and it's it's kind of as silly as it sounds um, <laughs> so like it's not massive drama it's about a video game high school um, <laughs> but it's really fun it's like it's just it's full of stupid high school movie cliches and, you know, uh, starting out amateur actors. <laughs> um, but as awful as, that, as I'm making it sound, it's really, really not. It's really actually funny. The main guy that they found is genuinely talented. They swap back and forth between reality and the video game reality, and it's always seamless and it's always looks spectacular. Um, and they blow crap up. It's fantastic. Uh, the story is <laughs> about me. a. You sold me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, and and so like I said, they're up to episode six this week, and I think they're doing the rest of them, you know, every week. And I expect the finale will be pretty visually stunning. The, I was already blown away by episode four when they had a whole drifting sequence. Like they fucking got two incredible cars out on the road, and that one of the guys was playing a drifting game and so of course they go into the game and there's these two cars and they're like I was I was just you know 
keeping in mind that these are just guys. These are not, you know, studio. This is not a studio picture. This is not backed by any production company. This is just those guys. I'm I'm uh, wowed by them, and I give them a massive standing ovation. So this is a really cool series, and like I said, Freddie W is the channel. And if you enjoy that, you'll probably dig the rest of his videos because some of them are really freaking cool, and some of them are really funny. I, I think one of his classics is where they have a uh, shootout between two people in a house and some people outside. But every time the bullets hit the ground, it just sprouts up big giant flowers. And oh, wow. flowers shoot out of the guns. <laughs> so, like, somebody gets shot in the chest and daisies burst out. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it's really awesome. cool. So, anyway, that's, that's what I've been doing with my week. That's awesome. So, um, I wanted to bring up a couple of things um, for the, those of us who love our and would have its Skynet babies, our iPads and iPhones. Um, right now this week and i think it may still be going on as the airing of this episode is um is broadcast uh the you can download for free right now on apple uh the game sonic and sega all-stars racing for Ooh. the iPad or iPhone, um, depending on which one you have, or both, actually, because it will run on both, um, which is the app of the week. It's free. I mean, it, this is a wonderful game, um, especially for not having to pay anything for it. And the other game that is available right now, due to who we are having on the show, I thought this would be a good one to talk about, um, is Batman Arkham City Lockdown which mm. is, I believe, being sold for right now. It's uh, $5 for the iPad or iPhone. Um, and it just got updated with a bunch of new content, um, including Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and Robin. Great fighting game, beautiful graphics. Um, what's awesome about it is you can use different skins for Batman, including the um, cartoon series Batman uh, the Dark Knight Returns Batman, um, Batman Beyond. So you can skin it, um, skin him with whatever you want. And it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Um, you know, it ties into Arkham City, the, the Batman video game, which is amazing too. But uh, for, for an iPad game, gorgeous, gorgeous, um, gorgeous thing. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up as well, since we're all missing our wonderful Walking Dead right mm. now, we want it back and we're waiting. Um, and we all, I don't know if anyone else noticed that that, uh, you know, it's, it's official if you haven't been spoiled yet. Rooker is back this season as Merle Dixon and he's got a strange attachment to his handless arm. I don't know what it's for. I'm almost sure there's a gun involved. But, <laughs> um, but I wanted to bring up the fact that the um, very, very good, I, I love this book, um, The Walking Dead Rise of the Governor is out in paperback. And uh, if, if you want to get geared up for The Governor this season, played by the awesomely gorgeous David Morrissey, um, get this book. It is great. It also has um, a preview for the next um, Walking Dead novel called The Road to Woodbury, which um, is the prison. And uh, great book, wonderfully written. Um, Robert Kirkman and Jay, um, and I'm going to say his name wrong, uh, Jay Bonansinga 
wrote it. And um, yeah, right now it's in paperback and uh, for uh, $14.99 and just great book. Really, really enjoyed it. So um, with that, I wanted to talk about um, the uh, our special guest tonight, who I know was a favorite of Wren. Yes. And also, I believe Amanda, I think Amanda has a has a little thing for the, the Killian. Um, but yeah, Killian Murphy, uh, God, what hasn't he done? Well, I would <laughs> say he's not been in everything the way other people have been in everything. Um, but he's been in some pretty awesome stuff. And um, some of my favorite films are the ones where he's teamed up with my one of my favorite filmmakers, uh, Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. and the two together just make magnificent stuff. Um, well, he's just got such a, if you look back, what I love about Killian Murphy is if you look back at his history of films that he's done, they're all very smart movies. And he... <laughs> Tron Legacy. <laughs> I like Tron Legacy. I did, and, but I wouldn't call it smart. <laughs> and, but the thing with that was, and if when you listen when you hear our interview with him when you hear um i love the fact that the reason he did that very small part but very awesome and made me go he uh role was he's a fan of the original and he he asked them to please let me be in your movie oh that's so i awesome. don't care what you do just let me be it so but that's that's in the interview and you can hear killian and his uh explanation for that part because i i had to ask is he going to be back in the third movie? Because he should be. Um, but if you look at the films he's done, they're all beautifully done movies and uh, very smart films. And his roles are so, they're so varied mm-hmm. that it's amazing. I mean, if you look back like with Disco Pig and uh, you go from that to Walking on Pluto or Breakfast on Pluto to 28 Days Later, to Red Eye. I, I mean, the man has, is, is very versatile and can, he can just be char- disarmingly charming and then super creepy. He's really good at the super creepy. Mm-hmm. I've, I've loved to, I mean, I've seen pretty much everything he's made. I mean, I've looked through the, the IMDb list and I've watched all of them. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, the, but the thing that I, I I like is that he's he's still really very connected to the industries in uh, not just the UK but even specifically in Ireland because he still lives there. He's not done the Hollywood commute. He has not and he won't. relocated and he won't. And I love that about the man because that means that even after he did huge pictures like freaking Batman or whatever, he went back and did another picture that was made in Ireland called Perrier's Bounty, which is fantastic. And actually, I just noticed is on Netflix. If you want like a proper dose of spectacular Irish filmmaking, Killian Murphy and one of the funniest roles Jim Broadbent has ever done, go watch Perrier's <laughs> Bounty. It is so good. Anyway, yeah, he he he's he picks films the way I mean Johnny Depp has this this uh, mystique of being the you know the the best film picker like he's picked the ones that he wanted and Killian does the same thing and he hasn't got the same rep for it but he definitely does the same thing and he picks really spectacular pictures and there's something about him though that makes those filmmakers pick him too 
it's sort of a mutual love that people want to work with him as much as as much as he wants to be choosy about who he works with. Well, and I got the vibe from him talking to him that he's very down to earth, very yeah. you know, very sweet. And I, I, and from what I have read of interviews with him and seen of him, he's exactly who he is. He he will not change who he is. He's still friends. He's not become Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to be so. And I also respect him for what he said about I'm not fodder for the the tabloids because I don't go out and get drunk, falling over drunk, and I don't sleep around. I, you know, I, that's not what I am or who I am. And mm-hmm. I respect that totally. He keeps his private life private. Yeah. And I totally respect you know, that as well. And- you you could you could argue a downside of that is the reason why if you ask you know a pile of your friends whether they like Killian Murphy most of them will still say who you know that but but you and still, then you pity them you pity and, them and pat and them on the head and move on <laughs> <laughs> you know but but it's still I would still say that's that's worth the trade off than being tabloid fodder and being you know the pinup and having everybody. Not completely gloss over the fact that he is a stupendous actor, an um, absolute master. His characters are—I mean, I always, I always attach to an actor when I watch them, and I'm not watching Killian Murphy on the screen. I'm right. completely engrossed in the character that I'm watching. I mean, Breakfast on Pluto is probably a master, one of his masterworks. I and that's, love that. That's film. a prime example. It's easy to, 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 you know, to lose Killian Murphy because he's in drag the whole time, but still the, the character is kitten is just, you know, you watch that film and kitten is burned in your brain, not Killian Murphy. You no, will remember he, kitten forever. Oh, you want to, and you want to just, he, he is exactly what you, you want to hug him in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, you want to keep him safe and, yeah. and pet kitten, and keep kitten away from all the bad because he's so good he's so good you know? in it and, and then you compare that to a scientist like robert kappa in sunshine that's one of my favorite films ever made and one of my favorite roles of his only because it's my dream is is nerdy good-looking scientist like physicist boy <laughs> <laughs> well i can't imagine who's inspired <laughs> um you know but but the characters are whole the characters are alive and and he brings that he brings that because he's a, a spectacular actor well and, and, that, and that, so as well as being freakishly good looking and, and <laughs> uh, i respect i respect him for so many levels above that that i just had to put that in there but but the thing is like the the thing with killian is he's got those those eyes that just draw you in oh, the the first funny. thing you see are the eyes and this is this is fangirl radio we're allowed to talk about these things but yes. But we also add on to the fact those eyes pull you in and then he can flip a switch mm-hmm. depending on what role he's playing and you want to run away. Mm-hmm. And and like Jackson Ripner and Red Eye, he draws you in. He's so sweet, so nice. And then he'll flip that switch and he's a psychopath. The the And he can play psychopath. He can play something like Kitten who is just a sweetheart and an innocent then he can become robert kappa and sunshine he can become uh jonathan crane and and dark knight and it keeps going and that's that's an actor like he's in that gary oldman league he's in that johnny depp league where they can become these multiple characters chameleons because they are actors 
Well, and they're and devoted to the character. They're devoted yeah. to the character. They do research and they go into it like, um, like I was saying with Sunshine, he worked with Professor Brian Cox to get the <gasps> science. And Brian. that's, I knew she would do that. <laughs> um, but that's what they do and, and they do the research and he goes like um, you'll hear in the interview for Red Lights, which I want to talk about before we bring him on, um, that he went and st- he didn't go so much as the parapsychologist route as he wanted the, the, the film. We'll just go talk about red lights right now. Yes, and that let's our way into it. But red lights is, um, a great film with Sigourney Weaver, Robert De Niro and Killian, um, Killian and Sigourney Weaver play a, a duo who investigate and debunk frauds in um, charlatans in the ESP ring and, uh, mentalists and, and, um, spiritualists they go around debunking them now the the thing is they they do this because they um well they have their their motives they actually get the, these people arrested and everything but it's almost like they're ser- they're searching for proof and they they've done they they teach at this college and and um it almost sounds like the x-files which is funny because in the background of the film in their lab there is that iconic X-Files UFO poster. But is it really? But here's the best part. Instead of saying, I want to believe, and this, this poster sort of uh, encompasses the, the, the whole, encompasses the whole, I can't even say the word. Encompasses. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I can't talk. It, um, what the film's about, which is, it says instead, I want to understand. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, the film is really about the the desire in non-believers to stay that way almost like they're afraid to to believe in this because it, it, it they're you know it's it's about the human mind's capacity for you have this extreme of i refuse to believe and then you have the other side of it which is i have to believe I and, really wish I'd seen this because I feel like debating this with you because I come oh, from it from the skeptic side. You know that. And so I... Oh, yeah. I, and, I and, sure hope that's not what it's saying because the argument on the skeptic side is not I won't believe. It's I will not believe until there is sufficient proof, which right, is usually well, and, different. Right. And that's... This is this is the thing is it's... It's the the middle ground you discover at the end of the film, the middle ground. And I can't give away. I don't want to give away anything. Don't give away. But, but you have characters who represent both sides, and it's a really great balancing act that the director and writer Rodrigo um, has done with this film. And I really, really like it um, because I don't think we've seen anything that shows the balance of this like this one does. And it's a neat thriller. It's. Uh, keeps you on your toes kind of a film De Niro's character is is um I have to bring this up because it's such a a neat scene when this happens but there is a uh a, actually a Spanish director um I was gonna bring that up yeah uh named Eugenio Mira who uh who was cast as young Robert De Niro and it's almost it's- Terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying how much that guy looks like a young Robert De Niro. Oh, good lord! It's scary, scary. Um, 
uh, how much he looks like him. And he does this great, there's this great flashback scene that you see it. So, but I, I wanted to um, for sure tell you all that you really should go check this movie out, especially Jackalope Radio listeners. You, you will totally dig this. This is your kind of film. Um, and uh, Killian is amazing in it. And uh, everyone does a great job. I really like it. And it, it hits theaters July 13th of this Which year. Which is a Friday. It's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Um, actually, I will be at Comic-Con when this movie is released. So um, be sure to check it out. And then the week following, you can catch, I believe he's in it. I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns and say I think he shows up at least briefly um, when Dark, um, Dark Knight Rises um, pops up the week after. So, um, but definitely check out Red Lights, July 13th, Friday the 13th, Millennium Entertainment's releasing it. Great, great movie. And with that, here's Killian Murphy. Dr. Matheson, you can't imagine how pleased I am to see you. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Dr. Matheson, actually. That's Dr. Buckley. Oh, I'm sorry. Nice to meet you. There are two kinds of people out there with a special gift. The ones who really think they have some kind of power. And the other guys who think we can't figure them out. No, Leo, correct your position to your right. Richard Vargas. I'm calling Richard Vargas in the name of God. They're both wrong. So have you been working for Matheson long? Or are you a psychologist, too, or a magician? Actually, I'm a physicist. So why do you do this? Do what? Investigate fake paranormal stuff. Simon Silver, perhaps the most celebrated psychic of all time, will visit us here in just under three weeks. There will be a mad rush for tickets. Are there no real challenges left out there? Silver is a real challenge. Silver's already been investigated. Yeah, like 30 years ago. We should investigate him now. Access to the truth. You've got no idea what you're getting yourself into. What's going on? Killian, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. And I, I saw the movie and absolutely loved it. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Um, so I know you don't have a lot of time, so let's get started. Um, so Red Light seems to be a film that's uh, about belief and being challenged. And it's sort of neat how it takes the perspective of 
the non-believers can be extremists too, in a way, and kind of mixes that on its head. Um, and is that kind of what attracted you to this film, to kind of show that balance? Exactly, yeah, and I think that's very accurate. I think that, uh, you know, Rodrigo wanted to give credence, equal credence to both uh, camps, you know, and to, you know, not point fingers or not ridicule either camp. Um, and, you know, I love that TV debate scene in the movie, and uh, it's, you know, each person is eloquent and intelligent and articulate and in it. And nobody's, you know, ridiculed, and uh, I think that's very important when you're uh, entering a world like this, you know. Uh huh. And it's it's uh, you're right. They were very eloquent. There was really no yelling in that either. But they were both very smart on either side with both uh, forms of thought. And I think that, like you said, that comes across in the film really well. And I, I kind of wondered as well, you know, you. Um, you what kind of research you did for this because I know you worked with Brian Cox for Sunshine did you work with any uh, physicists um, any other physicist in for this role um, no I didn't actually I did a lot of reading um, and Rodrigo had a lot of materials for me and I did my own research there's this guy James Randi who's kind of a very famous skeptic and did bunker here in the States and uh, he's written some great books and has a, there's a great materials available from him um, and then, you know, because the De Niro character, I guess, is kind of kind of an amalgam of, like, you know, a, a mentalist or a, a paranormal, a guy who claims to have ESP or, and, and like, a televangelist and, like, and a magician, you know. So I went to see in Vegas, you know, like, Chris Angel and David Copperfield, and I got to meet David Copperfield and just to sort of explore that the showbiz aspect of it, which which the Simon Soto character has. But ultimately, for me, it was really about the character and the character's journey. And, and I think the journey that Tom makes is one of, well, you know, it's, it's, it's obsession and self-acceptance. And uh, those are two things that I think people can relate to universally. So I really try to focus on making his journey believable and honest and uh, and something that the audience would invest in well and I, I also wanted I, I also loved your relationship with Sigourney in it and and that those two characters how they he was kind of a she was kind of a surrogate mother for him and he was kind of a surrogate son for her yeah and I really liked the scenes with you two because it, it felt very real in um, yeah. Well, she is like you know, she is just phenomenal and uh, a hero of mine. So to actually get to work with her and hang out with her was just really special for me. And uh, you know, we did spend a lot of time together, uh, you know, off screen as well, just hanging out in Barcelona and <laughs> going for nice dinners. And and I, I'm a believer that if you you know if you connect with someone off screen, that it will, you know, you could see it on screen. And there's a great warmth on the page in that relationship and hopefully we, we we brought it to life but it was a it was a real privilege to act opposite her I really liked that yeah I, I loved how you two played off of one another very well um, so you know when you worked on um, Sunshine you you'd stated that it kind of uh, affected your beliefs uh, in one way and made you decide in one way of how you felt about well religion and that kind of um, aspects. Mm -hmm. did, did this film affect you at all in any way, make you ponder um, any of these things being real? Um, uh, no, I think, it, it, you know, Sunshine, I, I guess, tipped me from 
being an agnostic into an atheist for sure because I was spending a lot of time with these scientists and that film was more sort of explicitly I think about about religion and religion versus God or faith and um, this movie is more about you know sort of uh, perception and how our brains are not the sharpest tool for perceiving sometimes <laughs> and, and, and also about people's need to believe you know if it's not in religion it'll be in some man who claims to be able to talk with your dead mom or claims to be able to heal your you know your your cancer and and it's a similar there's definitely crossover i guess in theme thematically between the two movies but no i would i would definitely still be in the skeptic camp you know i'm i'm, I'm open and i'm curious but i've never seen anything uh, that that can't be um, explained so uh, um, but yeah I, I see why it's so right for for drama it's just a brilliant fascinating world but mysteries are always better when they're not explained you know when you explain something it tends to become less interesting oh yeah. I, go ahead Jessica yeah Hello? it's true um, and, and you, you brought up uh, your Oh, I was going to say, you've brought up your previous book. Are you still there? Yes, yeah. Oh, oh perfect. Okay. So your career has been an, a risky one, and you've done a lot of roles um, such as, as Tom in this, where your characters seems to be searching for things, and they tend to be on these journeys of discovery. Was that something you planned on your choices and roles, or, and, and, or is this just, it just so happens that you've, you've gravitated to those films? Yeah, I mean, I see very little correlation between um, the different roles that I've played, um, and I guess I don't really have any strategy or plan or anything like that. It's just purely about trying to follow the, the good roles and good mm -hmm. stories and work with good people. And I guess the constants for me would be about you know being brave and trying to challenge yourself and uh, you know trying not to repeat yourself and. But in terms of what types of films I'm trying to do or what types of characters I'm trying to play, there is no no plan. I've always said it, whether it be in film or uh, TV, TV or theater, it doesn't really matter as long as the story is good. You've done you've done some great work. We absolutely love it. All of us on the show do. Um, we're big fans. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, and. Um, I wanted to ask um, because I know I know Todd, who's who's my producer, who's on this episode. Um, I, I wanted to give him a, a chance to ask you something because he's a huge bat fan. Oh yeah, and uh -huh. <laughs> go, go for it, Todd. All right, all I want to ask is, and and I'm not with the new Dark Knight movie. I'm not going to ask you any specifics about that, but I am going to ask you what it's like to be part of this universe that Chris Nolan has created to take an iconic character such as Batman and the Scarecrow and give it such new life. How does it feel to be part of that? Yeah, it's, it's been a great privilege to be part of this franchise. And, uh, you know, I think that, that what Chris has done is he sort of set the bar for all superhero movies. You know, he kind of sort of rejuvenated the whole, uh, that whole world. And I think uh, those movies have yet to be topped, um, in, you know, and he's he's kind of a one in a million, um, Chris Nolan. He's one of the greatest directors working, and I feel very honored to to have worked with him. 
I agree with you, by the way, that uh, they have not been topped, and I don't think they will be for quite some time. I think he did such an amazing job, and so did you, because you brought the Scarecrow to life. I've always loved that character in the comics, and you embodied him and made him flesh. And, uh, man, I'm so thankful they gave you that part over anyone else, because I've always loved your acting. Uh, Like Jessica said, we we love you around here, and you really brought uh, depth to that character. Uh, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right, totally. Jessica, it's back to you. I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, I wanted to ask, um, I am also a huge Tron fan, and I wanted mm-hmm. to find out if you had any inkling of, are you going to be coming back to a Tron 3? Because they kind of set that up. Well, you know what? That was purely me as a fan <laughs> wanting <laughs> to be in a Tron movie because I love the original so much, and I was like, Guys, is there any is there any way I can get in this movie? So that was just that, and that's why I didn't take a credit or anything because I didn't want any fuss about it. But that was purely, purely it. I would absolutely love you to come back as Dillinger's son in the red glowing outfit, being the bad guy. I think you would be amazing. Well, well, you never know. I guess <laughs> you never know in this business. <laughs> Well, so I was going to actually ask, as, as you brought up, you said you're a fan of Tron. Are you a, um, are you a gamer fan? Are you, do you like video games? Because I've no, noticed- I'm not actually. Uh, I'm I'm not. I'm not very good at them. I I used to try and play them when I was younger, but I was terribly bad at them. Terribly impatient. <laughs> so uh, I'm not. <laughs> Well, and I, I wanted to, to uh, just to reiterate, we're we're all fans of yours on the show, and, and I absolutely love Red Lights. I think it's a great, great film. Um, and uh, do you have any more upcoming projects um, that we can look forward to you being in? Um, well, I've just I was, I've been doing a play um, on and off for about the last year, and we brought that to uh, Ireland and uh, New York and London. I've just finished that, and. Uh, I had a film in Cannes called uh, Broken, which is coming out sometime this year. And uh, as for future things, yeah, there's, you know, I'm reading stuff. There's some good stuff, and uh, we'll see. Oh, that's well, that's awesome. And uh, Killian, I wanted to ask you really quickly because I know you, um, you know, we're we're almost out of time with you, but. Um, one of uh, the girls on the show wasn't able to be a part of this episode, at least uh, in this segment, and she's a huge fan of yours, and I was wondering if you could give her a little shout-out to her name is Ren, and say hello to her, because she Sure, what's her name again? You broke up there. Oh, uh, Ren, R-E-N, Ren. Okay. Okay. Hey, Ren, sorry you couldn't be part of the show. We all missed you. Hope you're feeling good, <laughs> and uh, yeah, nice to talk to all of you guys. Thank you so much, Killian. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. Not at all, guys. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Have a great day. See you. Bye-bye. 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 Wow. Wow. Killian Murphy. Yeah. What can you say? Not much. He's uh, just awesome. And there you have it, everybody. Um, I want to thank Todd Sheets for uh, kind of booting Amanda out of the way to help uh, do that interview with me and he um, brought in of course his great Batman expertise and thank you Todd for that and I hope you enjoyed it thank you once again to Killian Murphy for joining us Um, it was a pleasure and an honor to get to talk to him and I hope you all enjoyed it Uh, be sure to catch us next week and thank you for joining us this has been Fangirl Radio thank you Ren, thank you Amanda and with that, good night (laughs) 
Self with memory. 